0: Rabbi Shalom Hammer is with us live via telephone. He is the founder of Gila's Way, as it says on their website, Gila's Way Saving Lives. And if I may, Gila's Way is a not-for-profit organization which implements, educates, and, and presents programs regarding mental health awareness and suicide prevention in order to save lives. Through their lectures, interactive courses, preparation seminars, and consultation services for youth and adults, Gila's Way addresses the difficult yet real issues of today so that people can face tomorrow. Rabbi Shalom Hammer, pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you, Nachum. Nice to to be here.
0: If you don't mind, and I don't see why you would because it's on the website, I'd like to read one of the reviews, if you will, um, that was posted online regarding the Gila's Way program. I'm going to read the one from Paula Stern of Do vale Dumim, if that's okay with you. I assume it's fine, right? Sure. Uh, Paula writes as follows. While sharing the story of his daughter's death by suicide, Rabbi Hammer managed to make us laugh and cry, but more he made us think. His message helped us, so, helped give us signs to look for, things to consider. In a world that is too busy to see what's happening with our children, we have to be aware. We have to watch, listen, and act. His daughter's way was to be kind to others, to notice when others were in need. And Gila's Way does the same through its vital seminars. Every school and every community needs to incorporate a Gila's Way program. First of all, an amazing review, and I'm sure that uh, it is certainly well-deserved based on what I've heard um, about the work that you and your staff are doing, staff and volunteers, I should say, are doing or by hammer. But it does seem, not just from Paula's statement, but from other accounts that I've read, that Gila was a, a very outgoing and uh, a caring and um, um, I, I guess what most people would consider on the outside, happy personality. And for parents and grandparents out there, that's often scary when you think about you know somebody who's like that, making the types of decisions that they could eventually make uh, and not to get too personal, but I'm sure this is part of your presentation. Um, did was all of this a complete shock to your family?
1: Well, I, I mean, first of all, uh, uh, let me address both parts of what you're saying, uh, with regards to the beginning, Gila was an outstanding personality uh, she was happy. Uh, we often explain Gila, Kishma, He, okay. She certainly personified her name, Gila, Simcha, happiness. She was a social leader, a social butterfly. She was rambunctious, vivacious, lively, uh, and really just a, a very, very wholesome kid who saw the world, by the way, in a very innocent way. Uh, she appreciated and embraced every single person for who they were, face value. And was incapable, really, of judging people externally. And in that sense, she was strange from what we're normally, including myself, accustomed to. Um, and what's interesting is that um, or, you know, or disturbing at the same time, is that when I meet Rachmanetzlan, when I meet other families who lost their children to suicide, and they describe the personalities, the personas of their children, very often they meet the same type of characteristics, same type of attributes. Very often they describe a child who is social, who is external, who is out there, and but yet very, very sensitive and feels the weight and burden of the world upon their shoulders in a very unfair way, but in a very real way. So that is who Gila was. Anytime someone, Chalila Vachas, especially when we speak about a young person way before their time, and particularly when we speak about suicide, when someone dies as such, it is a shock. Um, Never in our wildest dreams did my wife and I, our family, ever think or contemplate the idea of suicide, that someone would take their lives as such, that Gila would do such a thing, um, because we are programmed as human beings to embrace the attribute of life. That is the most important attribute and quality that we as normal human beings deal with and that we welcome. And what happened was, and what what is very, very important for people to understand, is that the vast majority of people who die from suicide, particularly when we speak about teens and adolescents, which is the most uh, aggressively aggressive age in terms of increase in suicide ideation Uh, but when it comes to adolescents and young adults they the vast majority of them do not want to die they want to live they find themselves in a very very painful moment of despair sadness darkness sometimes loneliness And as such, they don't see any other avenue other than what's in front of them, which is sometimes contemplating taking their lives. But the vast majority of them don't want to do this. And this is very important for us to understand, because what it means is that if we can throw them a lifeline and ask the right question or be able to discuss with them and demonstrate empathy that we're there with them, we are absolutely capable of saving lives. So Gila's death was uh, a shock. Um, it obviously, um, it just threw us into a complete whirlwind of chaos. And um, we uh, are faced every single day with, I don't I don't know if we call it trying to make sense out of it, but trying to make sense of life continuing with this tragic loss.
0: So the uh, I'd have to assume based on what you just said, That outside of to herself, most likely, she 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 likely never expressed any of this to any other human being.
1: Well, no. So she did. She did. Uh, And it was obvious that there were things I mean, she, you know, relatively speaking with regards to a mental health challenge, uh, she herself was uh, experienced a sexual uh, attack. Um, and, uh, and as that really is what threw her, uh, into a, a, a spiral of, uh, post-trauma. Uh, she was obviously deeply traumatized from this, but it took a little while to identify and for her to express. And, um, it took, you know, longer for us to be able to find and try and find her the right treatment. And yet here she was with this internal pain that, you know w- w- was just festering uh and to the extent that eventually it led to her demise tragically but um yeah so th- she, she did express it and there were signs that were obvious to us that she was dealing with uh, a mental health challenge and with a trauma but uh, we certainly did not understand the impact the effects or the possibilities that could come with that particular trauma and with the things that she experienced and that's really why um uh, we and myself were involved in what we're doing because people need to understand people need to know and recognize these signs for what they are and how life-threatening they can be to someone who is harboring that pain
0: rabbi solemn hammers with us i mean i i don't know what to say after what you just uh revealed to us on the air other than i I hope you and your wife and 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 family have uh, have strength after this uh um after this uh, terrible ordeal um it, it is remarkable that thank god thank god and i'm sure you thank god every day that you and your family and your staff and your volunteers have had the strength to found gila's way and now you are i assume based on what i read online on a regular basis speaking to hundreds if not more of young people and others who need to know about these signs and what they need to be aware of. Why are these seminars uh, and these um, presentations so successful?
1: Well, you know, I I, I would say I, I hate to use the word success, especially when we speak about life and death. Um, I I would say, more impactful. Right. And the reason why is because it's been certainly revealed, psychologists speak about it all the time, that the main way to help people at, prevent suicide is through education, uh, through identification. People need to be able to be aware of the signs. They need to know that mental health is very, very prevalent in society. And just like anyone who's dealing with a physical illness, mental illness is also there. And it's legitimate for someone to say, I am not okay in my mind and in my... My so you, so you, mean edu- th- you
0: mean education for the person, as opposed to education for? I'm not 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 excluding education. No, not for not necessarily
1: family. The education. Not necessarily the education for the person suffering themselves, we are interested in education for their significant others, right. that they need to recognize the signs, they need to understand what that person is going through, the depth of the pain, the depth of despair, the capability of them contemplating such a dire uh, it's such a dire plan if you may to the extent that they would contemplate suicide so it's very very important for us to speak about suicide openly and in the proper educational forums now i, I want to clarify there is such a thing called suicide or contagion where people are very hesitant one has to be careful how much to speak about it right. that's true right. but when it's done in a controlled environment with education, with the proper people who know what to say, when to say, and how to say, it is a very, very important thing to embark upon so that people become more educated and they can help those around them and absolutely save lives.
0: Rabbi Shalom Hammers with us. Gila's Way is the uh, is the um, organization. Gila's Way, G-I-L-A-S. Gila's Way.com is the website you want to look at. So what happens after one of these presentations – uh, that are impactful, as you described. If somebody in the audience, you know, realizes that they need to have some type of one-on-one help, some type of serious consultation to overcome an important mental health hurdle.
1: Well, it happens all the time, and and the truth is that's really the main reason why I give these presentations, conversations, uh, seminars. Because inevitably, there are always people who will come over to me afterwards and say, I have this problem or that problem, not always with themselves, but I'm dealing with my child, I'm dealing with my spouse, I'm dealing with my sibling, my good friend has the following problem. And that's exactly why I do it, because that enables us to begin to connect, to engage in dialogue. And very often, it's the first time that they'll express it. And one of the reasons why they express the problem is because they say, hey, Hammer can do it. He lost a child. He comes out. He doesn't, you know, no holds barred. He speaks openly about what happened and understands the significance of this education. And so I can approach him and he's approachable. I could speak to him and share with him. And that's where we begin to engage in dialogue, beginning to engage in dialogue. We are then able, if they want to take it to the next next step. We're then able to consult. We offer something called, I call it N2S, Navigation to Salvation, which is a consultation service. It is not a hotline. It is meant specifically for families, significant others, colleagues, friends who know someone who is going through crisis and they need help. Where do we go from here? we help assist them get to the first step. We are not mental health professionals. We are certified mental health educators and we help them get to that first step. Now, sometimes, and it happens you know, fairly often, where a parent will call me and say, my child is doing the following and the following and the following. And after hearing what they're describing, I'll say to them, well, your child is at risk of suicide. You need to understand this. You need to get them to the hospital. You need to get them to a, a, a safe environment, a secure environment, and we'll help direct them towards whatever that environment might be. But it, my point is that there are so many people who don't know right. and don't recognize and cannot identify and the lecturing, the presenting, the educating, the convers- the conversations arouse and certainly promote knowing more and when people are in the know they have the capacity to save lives
0: and knowledge is power knowledge saves lives 100 percent uh i I, want to get some of the practical elements in a moment not that this isn't practical it is but you know what i mean but but one one last thing first on the lectures Uh, you have one uh a lecture uh whose title is truths my daughter taught me could you give us one of those could you give us one truth that gila taught you
1: yeah, I mean, I, I could tell you, I often speak about, uh, I very often speak about Yosef in Mitzrayim. And when he wakes in the morning, when he's in the Beit Asirim, when he's in the imprisoned in Egypt, he turns around and, it says that he actually approaches the other prisoners and he asks them, Why are you so upset? What is disturbing you? And it's quite something because here is Joseph. He's imprisoned in a place of loneliness without livelihood, without family, without support. And his interest is not in himself, his interest is in the others around him. That was Gila. Gila was entrapped in a deep, dark place of despair, a prison in the bowels of an Egypt. And yet her concern was always with others. On the last night when she was alive, she went with her brother to Daven at the Kotel. And again, this demonstrates the very fact that she did these things is that the truth is that people don't want to die. They want to live that exhibits itself. And she went and prayed at the Kotel. And after they finished praying, they went up to the old city. She walked into a candy store. She came out from the candy store with a large bag of candies. And her brother said to her, why so many candies? We can't consume all of these. And she said, no, no, my friend, it's not for us. We are now going to give out these candies to the homeless people in the old city and bring a smile across their face. (laughs) And that was the last act that she did before she died. This is the kind of person that she was. She empathized, She seeing people in pain disturbed and hurt her to the extent that she wanted to save them. So yeah, that Talk Truths My Daughter Taught Me is all about, and I generally give it to adolescents, uh, to young adults, but to communities as well, it's all about empathy. Asking a question to your friend, madua pnechem ra'im ayom, what's troubling you?" can make such impact and can help that person realize someone cares about me, and it can save a life.
0: Can I can I say and remember I know nothing about this, and you're an expert at this point. Can I can I say that if I know a youngster for whom it seems the world is on their shoulders and that they and that they're carrying that burden? Sort of like you just described in terms of, you know, the pain that someone endures when, when they know that so many others are in pain. Is that a red flag or not necessarily?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but I would, you know, first of all, I just want to just in terms of correction, I never like to use the word expert. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, um, especially, you know, living with the, 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 the depth of grief and bereavement that I have. I, I learned, unfortunately, in life that I'm not an expert in anything, but I just try to help. Um, red flags, generally speaking, are, uh, you know, they come, they come in groups in order to say that someone is at high risk. Mm. But what I will say is that if you have a kid who's very, very sensitive and feels that burden of others, we have to at least be able to converse with them and let them understand that they're not responsible for... All of the problems in the world, and it's not something that they're capable of solving, but that they should channel that sensitivity into a practicality ah, where they can right. help where but let them understand as well. The adolescents, they need to understand that before we go out and help people, we have to first be able to help ourselves. Right. Chayecha kod min. Your life comes first, because if you don't have right. your life. There's no way that you can help other lives as well, right?
0: All right, uh, well understood. And um, and I always feel that someone who's had a an in-depth um, radical experience at something, you know, it picks up, maybe experts the wrong word, but certainly picks up some area of expertise. Now, it's obvious in the website you're doing an incredible amount of work in Israel. It's also obvious that you're um, speaking whenever possible and helping um, whenever possible in communities around the world. Now it says on the website, USA Tour for March the 21st. What does that mean? Can people, can schools, can parents uh, actually come and see and hear a presentation uh, during that day or during that week? What's happening here for our listeners in the United States?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've spoken in a number of communities. Um, I'm here till this Sunday morning in New York, New Jersey. This uh, Today I'm speaking to the faculty of the Ramaz High School uh, so that they could understand, identify signs and things going on with their students. This evening I'm speaking in KJ in Manhattan. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. and everyone's invited to attend. Uh, tomorrow I'll be in the, the SAR School in Riverdale, and tomorrow evening I'm speaking in West Side Institutional Synagogue. That's at 8 p.m. tomorrow evening on the west side. Um, Shabbat, I'll be speaking in Tinek and Arzei Darom, in the synagogue, the shul, on Shabbat morning, and then Saturday night in someone's home in Teaneck, New Jersey as well. People are more than welcome to reach out. Just the opposite. The more, I don't want to say the more, the merrier. That's inappropriate. But, you know, kol amar behareze mishubach, as we approach Pesach. The more people that are educated, that discuss, that converse, that realize, that learn, the better off the situation and the, the greater chance we have of helping people around us. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: KJ, Kehilath Jeshurin uh, tonight up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, West Side Institutional Synagogue, 8 p.m. tomorrow night. And as you heard, a congregation in Teaneck, New Jersey, on Shabbat, everybody is invited to come here by Shalom Hammer. Um, the website, if you want to investigate more and see um, all the different things that they offer Uh, g i l a s w a y. g-i-l-a-s-w-a-y.com again g-i-l-a-s-w-a-y.com um as a parent um you know one one can only imagine and of course never wants to imagine the horror that that you and your wife have gone through well understood how would you describe gila's siblings and the aftermath of all of this for them,
1: well, I mean uh the Gila's siblings are 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 our children, uh so I'd say that uh, to describe them, I say they're the greatest kids in the world uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and our grandchildren as well, they'd fit that bill but um uh Kenahara, uh i I think I know what you're asking and and that is, look, this is a an a, the worst possible trauma that someone could go through, uh, the loss of a child. They lost a sibling, a sibling who they're very, very close with. Our kids, thank God, share very close familial relationships with one another. They're loving, they're caring, they're sensitive, and they're very, very well linked with one another. So this was and is an absolute traumatic loss. Um, In addition, they, and this is something that pains me when I hear about it, but. I spoke about in Israel recently, um, one or two of my children have said to me a number of times, they'll say, you know, Abba, um, we realize that you're not the same Abba that you once was. Wow. And that's a very, very painful thing. They don't mean to do it in a mean way, <laughs> of course. Way, but of course. Th- they, they, you know, in a raw sense, they need to say it or they right. wanted to say it. And that's right. fine. I want them to express themselves. But that's a very painful thing for a parent to hear. Um, and yet at the same same time, it's a very true thing. Um, all of us are traumatized. All of our kids have had to go for whatever therapy or support group that, that you may in order to assist them and to help them as much as possible. And some are coping better than others, but everyone is coping. So um, we try to be, you know, and, and obviously a, a reaction that my wife and I uh, in trying our hardest to continue our lives in, with some some sense of normalcy, right. uh, we nonetheless are obviously very overprotective and territorial now, especially when it comes to our kids. Because you know, there's nothing more painful than for a parent than seeing their child in pain. So, yeah, there's there's no question that uh, that they but they they themselves um, are very uh, have become much more sensitive also to people suffering to mental health to they're not involved in our efforts and that's fine they can choose to or not to be and we respect that but they are involved in a sense that they're extremely sensitive to many of these issues and to helping people around them i'll tell you that when it comes to for example gila's birthday every year they run literally run on their own campaigns <laughs> of baked goods to give to families in need or clothing campaigns to raise, uh, money for people who, you know, want to get married or different, different campaigns that they're involved in Chesed. It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. And they do it, the Louis Nishmat Gila, and they do it as combined efforts, each one in their own way and as a group as well. So they're very, very impressive kids. And, um, I you know I I can't think of any other I'll tell you this I can't think of any other reason or any greater reason to continue living than for them and for our family grandchildren and children.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Shalom, I uh, you're you're one of the good guys in my life. I, I it saddens me that we <laughs> that, that we reunite uh, in this type of circumstance. But what can I say? You and your family, and obviously those you're working with are saving lives on a regular basis, and that uh, that's amazing. To know that about you and to hear uh, what you're doing in order to uh, advance this cause, so to speak, is, is just remarkable. So, again, it, it saddens me who wants to see anybody you like be in pain, but uh, as you just described, uh, you and your family are likely going to take this situation just continue to save more and more people out there.
1: Thank you, Nachum. I, I very much appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, and... You're very kind because you're one of the few people I've ever heard say that I'm on their good side. So <laughs> that's a, that's a very very refreshing for me to be able. To, I hope I hope that you recorded this so I can listen to it again and again.
0: You'll be <laughs> you'll be able to play it over and over and over. Rabbi Shalom Hammer, everybody tonight at the KJ Kehilath Jeshurun in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Tomorrow night at the West Side Institutional Synagogue, beginning at eight p.m. in uh, on the West Side of Manhattan. Our Darom congregation, uh, he'll be in that synagogue in Teaneck, New Jersey, this coming Shabbat. And, of course, information about all of this, to be in touch, and to certainly bring him, his staff, uh, whoever it is that he depends on to help spread the word to your school, to your institution, uh, those of you who are um, associated with schools and seminaries in Israel, whatever the case may be, uh, go to the website at gilasway.com, g i l a s w a y uh, Rabbi Shalom Hammer, thank you, and God bless you, and best regards to the entire family.
1: Thank you, Nachum. Likewise. Amen, Good amen,
0: things. amen. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.